The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Thursday, April 15th edition, uh, excuse me, the 14th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. I got to get my dates right, man. I am so confused this week. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so so jacked up. I guess it's the week before tax day or something, uh, which, you know, I would imagine most people probably got that stuff done. I got my stuff handled, so we're good to go on that. But, uh, yeah, my, but the numbers have just uh, left me this week. It's uh, They have divorced themselves from my brain this week for whatever reason. We have got a, a ton. Right. We, got a, we got a lot to talk about, man. Um, we, you know, let's start off with this. Of course, we're going to talk football. Everybody that watches the show knows that we like to talk football mostly, and we have been talking about everything but football for the past however long because we've had Masters and, and baseball started, et cetera, et cetera, right? But uh, let's talk baseball for just a minute. Clayton Kershaw pitches a perfect game for like seven innings, and then he got pulled due to a pitch count. And, I mean, this is like early in the season. This is the first couple weeks of the season. Well, first week of the season. Uh well, I mean, what are we doing here? I, I know you've got to have a thought on this. I, if you are that close to a perfect game, now he's had a no hitter before, but this was a perfect game. Like they're yep. two different things. So very different. Why? One, 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 every Dom, Dick, and Harry has known a no hitter. Okay? Yeah, they, they really have. Really. And especially in the days of analytics and people just swinging for the fences, and you know, two hundred strikeouts and twenty home runs kind of stuff, but. Perfect game special. Perfect game is just different. Yes. So so what are they doing pulling him from this game and not giving him that opportunity? Um, well, so my my thought on it is uh a little different than most. Okay. I, I love baseball. All right. And I understand that these things are important. I, and I and I understand. I'm fully aware of the value and importance of a perfect game on a big-time pitcher's resume. But I really, really hate the Dodgers. I'm not a Clayton Kershaw fan, so I don't give a damn. I just don't give a shit that he got pulled and he didn't get a chance to. Okay? Just just don't care. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I, that, that, that's I can get thought. that. I can get that. Uh, that does make sense. So, <laughs> you're, a team, you're a team of mercenaries, and every year you lose in the playoffs, 
you take whoever beat you in the playoffs and you go steal their best player away to try to build a championship. And all you got to show for it after a decade, 10 years of doing this shit, Gary. They didn't just start this stuff last year. 10 years of just loading your team up with mercenaries. You got one bullshit COVID year championship. Congratulations. Yeah, it's like it is a team. You of and the Lakers, baby. Woo-hoo! They they have certainly Your done COVID that. Was the only time y'all could win anything, which is which is absolutely insane, right? Like just looking at it, uh, I just I don't understand. It, just on a player level, why you would do that? Like I, I am certain that Clayton Kershaw did not want to come out of that game. Like uh, it, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And the only reason I say that is because. And this is not me hating on him. I think Clayton Kershaw has the clout to be able to make it clear. I would like to stay in this game. I would like to pitch, and I think he could he could make an argument, and we at least see the discussion be made. Uh, it, there was no discussion. It seemed as if he understood this was the plan. He agreed to the plan before the game had started, and never foresaw himself being in this situation. And so they just stick to the plan. And I don't think that's right or wrong of him. I'm just telling you, he put a bunch of a fight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can. I can get with this. I can get with this. That's uh. It, it's so strange to me because it, again, we don't see the perfect games all that often, right? And, and the chance nope. of actually getting one of those uh, would have been, I think, something to add to a pretty awesome career already. Anyway. Uh, but you might be right. Like maybe, maybe. But wait, hang on now. We can't just go ahead and say he would have gotten it, though. All right, I've watched baseball know, long enough to know. I've seen many a perfect game get busted up in the in the in the eighth and the ninth inning. And this right? is true. So, this is true. It's so just let's, not. Let's just be real careful. We just start saying, "Well, we're going to catch," because that's the world we live in now, right? Right, right, right. We're just going to give him the perfect game, right? Like, that's, <laughs> that's what twenty twenty two sports analysts and and, and and sports fans look at. They say, "Oh, we'll just hang the banner." I mean, shit. <laughs> he technically was perfect. So, I mean, he was perfect for, for seven innings. If it had been a doubleheader last year, then uh, then yeah, it would have been a perfect game. Which is, it, looking looking at that, that's kind of insane, right? The fact that we could have had a perfect game uh, in a seven-inning game and it would have counted the same. Like, it, it, uh, either way, either way. Uh, let's, it's a strange land and a strange it, world that I just feel like I do not belong anymore. I feel like I am an alien. Well, because it living, changes. Living amongst people that just, I, I'm just don't, I'm not comfortable anywhere. It just changes all the time. Just all the time. Speaking of changing, we'll talk about changing landscapes. Let's move over to college football for just a bit. Brian Kelly. Now, since you and I last spoke, Brian Kelly decided at some point, I don't know if he did it accidentally, it's kind of hard to accidentally share something on, uh, on Instagram stories. I think you kind of have to have a purpose when you get in there. But, uh... But he shared a Twitter post on his Instagram stories that read like this. Uh, it was from at Stinky173. Uh, go ahead. That's a screen, it's a screenshot. It's a screenshot. Yeah. Of a tweet from 18 months ago? Yes. From Well, no, no, no. From uh, like three or four months ago. It's from January oh, 4th, right, 2022. Yeah. Okay. So, But the tweet happened a long time ago. And the yes. tweet was public knowledge, public information, out into the ethos. Everybody saw it, right? Yep, yep. You got okay. that right. So here's the, the Twitter name is at Stinky17302153, 
right? Just a generic Twitter name, whatever. And it was replying to uh, a big time uh, Irish, you know, finding Irish Twitter handle. It said, everyone who is connected with sources inside the current program knows that Notre Dame AD is retiring in two years along with President Jenkins. Jack wanted to please the people, so he didn't search for a coach and hired Marcus. Hope he made the right choice, but I doubt it. Now, Brian Kelly last... These are not Brian's words. These are somebody else's words. Well, Brian somehow screenshotted 18 months ago. Well, four months ago, but regardless... Whatever. Yeah. Four months ago. But he screenshotted this, but here's the deal. Do we know that those are not Brian's words? Like, is there a possibility that this is Brian Kelly's burner account? I think, no, I think there's less than zero chance that that this is Brian Kelly. Why would he screenshot his own tweet? Uh, You got me. Only to accidentally share it out later. I've never screenshotted a tweet that I made. No, this is, you're 100% right about that. You're 100% right about that. So that goes against, and and I don't know how to use technology. Brian Kelly and I are basically the same person when it comes to our abilities to use. He might be more advanced with this shit than I. Okay, because he hangs out with eighteen-year-olds, and I don't. So, it's uh, who knows. I I doubt it. I doubt that. But uh, this this whole situation we saw last summer, Brian Kelly did say at a Notre Dame news conference or press conference or whatever that Marcus Freeman was going to be the next coach, and and then he of course it, everybody took it to mean he was going to be the next coach at Notre Dame. Everybody kind of followed up with that and was like, okay, are you saying you're about to retire? Like, what is going on here? And it ended up coming to fruition. So this person says anybody who's connected inside the program knows that the AD and the president at Notre Dame are going to retire in two years and that Jack just wanted to please everybody, so he didn't even do a search. He just hired in-house. Do you think there's any truth to this? Uh. About that part, probably. That, I think there that is. wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But once again, this is coming from some bullshit unnamed source. Oh, 100%. 100%. So. And, and you can never tell what to take seriously and what not to. I do find this interesting that Brian Kelly, who is as well connected inside that program as anybody inside of Notre Dame, uh, that he would have screenshotted this. Right, like it, well, even, hang on now. You don't just screenshot things that you agree with. I I screenshot stuff all the time that I think is insane, and I send it to to you guys all and the that time. That is true. And say, hey, you see, you see what these dumbasses are saying? Do you see what the rumors are going on around here? Like, look how moronic these people are. Like, we don't know that that conversation wasn't being had, and that's why he screenshotted and wasn't on his phone. Now, I'm not defending the man because I don't know anything about it, but I'm a, just the assumption that he screenshotted something. Is like he like is like affirmation of it that he agrees with these thoughts or that he might have possibly said them like that. I think you have to spin a big ass yarn to get that. You have to do some mental gymnastics to get there. Uh, okay, okay, I can I can maybe see that. I think that I would believe if he was going to keep this on his phone that. Because there's nothing that's funny or necessarily insane about this, right? No. This is just somebody talking about, hey, anybody that's connected knows that these two guys so are going to retire. Let me tell you years. what I would do. So so if you and me worked together, you were the president of the University of Memphis, okay. and, and I was your old football coach and I left, and we have a good relationship, okay? And I saw this tweet. I would screenshot something like that, and I would send it to you. 
And I'd say, you better be careful because word's getting out that you're thinking of doing this. I know you're probably not on Twitter because you're a 70-year-old man running a school and you're not doing this. But I see these things or somebody sent it to me. We don't know that he screenshotted it. True. You know, somebody could have sent it to him. And he saved it to send it to someone else. But no. that's, that's the conversation you and I would have if I saw a tweet like that about you. No, but what okay? you're saying, or though. Or if I had a relationship with Marcus, which I think Brian does, it's probably not a bad relationship. He, and yes. fact, he gave him a hell of a raise and a hell of a job opportunity. Okay? That's um, true. And, and I would shoot it to Marcus. And I would say, hey, just, just know that everybody out there in Notre Dame is not your friend. So be real careful of the things you say and the things that you do and, and all this stuff and, and best of luck. You know, yeah, there's, there's just no telling keeping you in the loop that things like, it, aren't it, always what they the yeah, he, he could have sent it to the, the school president or to uh, Jack Swarbrick or he could have sent it to Marcus Freeman. There is no telling. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it necessarily paints any of them in a bad light or anything like that. Um, I mean, obviously you would hope that Marcus Freeman would be hired for his football acumen as opposed to sure. uh, he was just trying to make the fans happy, right? 100%. And 100%. It, but if you're, if you're trying to make the fans happy, honestly, you, you could do that by going out and doing a search and bringing in Luke Fickle or whoever. Like, whoever you brought in, I think, was going to make a lot of people happy anyway because I think a lot of people were dumb for Ryan Kelly. So the fact that he shared this out and then deleted it right after that is the well. I'm sure because it wasn't meant for for uh, public consumption, right? <laughs> yeah, it I mean, I, look, yeah. blows my mind. <laughs> I mean, that's not a complicated thing. I got a lot of I got a lot of screenshots on my phone or a lot of things on my phone, and every time I try to tweet a picture, like I have to like look and recheck: is this what I was wanting, trying to send, and is this going to go in the order I wanted to go in? Like, you know, just oh yeah, it's not it's not as easy for. Gary, it's just not. No, no, it, it, it totally makes sense. Like I, the, I've got an iPhone, and it is complicated. <clears throat> I, uh, I don't always know exactly what I'm, what I'm sending when I do it. So, it, hence why, you know, you you try and create photo albums, you try and do something to like keep stuff separated and all that kind of mess. Um, but it's, uh, it, it is a bit of a thing, right? It's trying to figure out what you're going to do with it I, in this situation. I am very curious because we did have tell you this. we did have the slip so, of the tongue last so, summer, and and now we've got this. Well, I'm not worried about the slip of the tongue last summer. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. But like, uh, you know, we so me, you, and and our boys from Northwestern, because yep. John refuses to get an iPhone, just absolutely <laughs> refuses, and so I won't get in a group chat with him. So we went and found uh, WhatsApp. Right, yes. and I think because uh, somebody suggested that, which was great. When they everything they send to me in a picture, it goes to my photo album. So the chances that Brian Kelly might use something that is peer to peer encrypted uh, as a texting feature with a lot of people um, is probably pretty strong. That's a pretty good opportunity that I he, would imagine he uses that, and um, that that means somebody else could have sent him that screenshot, and it got on his phone. That is true. That is true. He may because, not have screenshot this Because at all. you don't have to save anything. I've got 19 million pictures of Scuzz's barbecue saved on my phone. <laughs> and my wife keeps asking, what What are these grills? When did you buy that? It's like, uh, I didn't. That's not mine. Leave me alone. 
I can uh, I can show you how to turn that off. <laughs> I'll, I'll fix that. Well, I don't. Well, I don't. But all right. So once again, <laughs> I dumb dumb who doesn't really know how to use all this technology that's on my phone. These are these are simple things. I really don't care. Nothing. N- <laughs> unless Brian Kelly is the one that said these things, then 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 we've got a problem. Okay. But I would find that to be hard to believe that because here's the deal. He could do nothing but good things for Brian Kelly's reputation for Marcus to be a successful uh, head coach. Yeah. Because that means he's really good at hiring people, okay? That he gave somebody uh, an opportunity on a monster, monster platform at Notre Dame, okay? That ends up being a very successful and good head coach. So it, it, there's there's just no re- – there's no benefit for Brian Kelly for, you know, uh, hoping for Marcus's failure. That, that yeah, just doesn't I, I do agree with you. Uh, the only thing would be if if Brian Kelly could not win a national title there and then Marcus Freeman does. I mean, that's the only oh, okay. the All only right. other step, right? All right. But then but then you got to look at, well, Brian Kelly got us to this point, right? True. Like, like he built at it. some point in time, Notre Dame was miles away. And Brian Kelly making the, you know, making the playoff or, or the BCS title game all of these times, eventually, you know, now the next guy comes in and takes him over the hump. So I don't, I don't even know. That's a huge knock on your resume. A, you, you got a point there. You got a point. Uh, the so, so the the idea of the Twitter account, by the way, being uh, being at uh, stinky whatever it is, uh, the the Twitter account was deactivated very shortly after Brian Kelly deleted the picture off of the Instagram. Um, Apparently, you go back and look at some of the some of the tweets, and it's somebody that was it, basically he started tweeting a month after Brian Kelly left Notre Dame, and it was somebody that was uh, a huge apologist and supporter of Brian Kelly. And then, of course, it is so we don't know for certain, but it is very interesting that all of these things are are happening at the same time, right? Like we we have to at least admit that, uh, because he he tweeted a lot of stuff. I mean, <laughs> there was there was a lot that was out there. Um, I I would I would think that after something like this, the reason that Twitter account gets taken down is because that person is now being bombarded with tweets, which is why they would take it down. I can't like, speak to why it didn't exist before then, but but I can tell you why it would get taken down is probably because the uh shit show that's coming their way now. Uh, very possible. Very, very possible. Uh but who knows? Who knows? Uh let me do the reads right quick and then we will talk a little more about Notre Dame and, and some other things that have gone on. Winningcureseverything.com, that is the website. You can find everything that you need to know about us over there. I do have an article that is not quite up, but will be up uh Thursday evening. So go ahead and check it out. It's the uh the top ten teams, I guess. Uh, that are better than what their record was in 2021. And then I'll have another one next week, the teams that are worse. Uh, I'm working on an excitement index next week, all kinds of different stuff coming over there. So I'm going to get back into this swing of uh, writing because I have missed it. So winningcureseverything.com is where all of that will be posted. Along with that, make sure you are subscribed on the podcast. Make sure and leave a five-star written review at any of your favorite podcast apps, whichever ones will allow you to rate. Go ahead and do that for us. I know uh, Apple does and Spotify as well. 
So go ahead and knock those out. Uh, YouTube, subscribe on the YouTube page. If you're watching us over there right now, click that like button on the video and jump into the comments. We would love to hear your thoughts on all of these different topics. And along with that, you can always reach out to us on Twitter. Both of us, Chris and myself, always respond to DMs, etc. So go ahead and knock that out. Uh, I am at GaryWCE. Chris is at Chris B. Giannini. And I am, uh, or no, we are together at Winning Cures. So go ahead and check that out. And you can also find me, uh, if you want to hear gambling talk, etc., you can find that over at BetUSTV.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. Now, let's talk right quick about the visitor that was at Notre Dame this week, and that would be one Coach Ed Orgeron who is kind of touring around, going to different football complexes, et cetera. I believe, uh, was it his son that was looking at Notre Dame for something? Uh, there was some reason why he was there. Uh, but also, remember, Coach O and Marcus Freeman, uh, honestly, like Freeman would have been at LSU if it had not been for Brian Kelly swooping in, really, at the last minute and making him an offer that he could not refuse. I This is... Interesting stuff because Coach O came in and spoke to the team and told them that they are going to win a national title with this group that is in this room. I One, do you really believe that he believes that? And, and then two, no. uh, what, is, what is the purpose of all of this? Like, obviously, we know Coach O still under contract at LSU. I don't know that he's looking to get back into coaching this early. I mean, it's it's only been a few months since uh, since he's been gone. I'm curious your thoughts on on everything that has gone on in South Bend with her. Uh, I I don't look. I I think he's on just like a public speaking tour. That that's it. He, I, you know, I'm I'm gonna bet that you know there's a chance he was probably paid to uh to to come speak to the team if I had to guess. Maybe not. I don't know. Him being under contract with LSU is irrelevant. Like he he's been terminated, and he's they're paying out his contract over over time. But but that's that's completely irrelevant. He's free to go do anything he'd like to do. Um, I love Kojo, and I appreciate what he did at LSU and what 2019 was. Uh, I'll never forget um, going there and, and doing this. Great, no problem. Uh, you know, he's always been a rah-rah, encouraging, motivational guy. And I bet all those guys, when he left there, felt like we can win a national championship. Um, I don't think he really believes that, but I think that's the Coach O rah-rah. And, um, I, you know, I don't know that I believe that, which I want good things for the name. I like the Irish. I like Of course. Um, I like Marcus Freeman. Uh, I just think the talent separation between them and the top-tier teams that are in the rest of the country – uh, we've seen over the last 10 years uh, be pretty big, just pretty damn big. 
And don't get me wrong, I think Marcus Freeman will help bridge that gap a little bit. I don't know that he can bridge it enough to be able to overtake uh, the, the few the few programs that are at the top of the sport right now. The argument, the argument that I heard, and this is the best argument for why um, I don't believe this, and I'll, I'll mimic and, and 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 rip off from from where I don't even remember where I heard it. Or I wish I'd, I'd give them credit for it, but it was: Can Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame recruit to compete at a top twenty-two level player? Yes. Can they compete for the top? 65 kids? No. And that, therein lies the problem. It's starter for starter, they might be able to hang with the best teams in the country. But at some point in time, subs are going to come in the game. And when those subs rotate in, that's when mayhem happens. Because the subs at the best schools in the country are rotating in are just as good as every starter on the field. There just aren't enough spaces for them. And the subs at Notre Dame are going to significantly drop off and that's where the damage is going to happen. Can you hang with a school for a quarter or two? Yeah. Why is it in the fourth quarter not even close? Because that's when depth takes over. And we'll, I think we'll get to see that really I agree with that. like first week of the season uh, because it's going to be rather warm in Columbus, Ohio, when they head over to face Ohio State. You, you yeah. might see a close game early. Uh, early. But then, of course, yeah. once Ohio State subs come in and, and Notre Dame subs come in, then, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and that's, that's and, what and the, the problem is, is what Marcus Freeman's doing this year. Listen, the guys you recruit this year aren't aren't significant playmakers this year unless you're going and getting transfers. Okay, you got it. And Notre Dame, you know, they're they're, they're not pulling a ton of transfers. So I think we're going to see the fruits of Marcus really being able to compete in year two or three um, as he builds that program up a little more. But I don't know that they can hang it with the top twenty-two right now. For the best in the country. Yeah, you you might. And that's be right. not a knock on Notre Dame. That's no, of course not. not. No, of course not. I, I think uh, Ohio State opened a thirteen point favorite, and yeah. and honestly, I don't know that that's enough. No, that see that, but but I, regardless of if it's enough, regardless of if Notre Dame covers or not, that number seems about right, though, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like to get yeah. anybody being willing that's not a Notre Dame fan to get a general Joe the public. To bet on Notre Dame, you got to make it close to a two touchdown game. Yeah, because we have history of this. Yeah, you are not wrong. You are not wrong about that. Uh, let's let's move off to a little more college football talk. JT Daniels leaving Georgia. He has announced that he is headed to West Virginia. He is going to reunite with former offensive coordinator at USC, Graham Harrell. Uh, Graham Harrell was at North Texas. And then he packed up and headed out to L.A. And, of course, JT Daniels was the starter for the first game. He gets hurt, tears his ACL. Uh, then, of course, you've got, uh, and I forget the kid's name now, uh, uh, Keaton Slovis. And he, of course, is headed to Pittsburgh now. But, uh, but JT Daniels is, you know, headed on over to, uh, to West Virginia. I find this to be a very intriguing fit, right? Because you've got... An experienced yet unproven quarterback who has played for a winning team, obviously, in Georgia. Uh, he's dealt with some injuries, but if he's healthy, you know that he can fit into that offense. I'm I'm curious your thoughts here. Like, uh, Neil Brown swapped over his OC. They finally got rid of uh, what we on the BetUS College Football Show used to call Schrodinger's quarterback uh, in Jared Dagey. Like, you never knew what you were going to get from that guy. And 
And obviously, we don't know what we're going to get from JT Daniels. But the thought process here is is pretty good. You got a guy that knows this system already coming in. West Virginia, surprisingly, uh, there's a lot of talent in that wide receiver core. If their offensive line can hold up, you know, Letty Brown ain't coming back. But, uh, you know, there's there's promise there. This could possibly be maybe a breakout year at West Virginia. What say you? I like the move for JT Daniels. I like the move for West Virginia. I like the move for Neil Brown. And um, I do think that West Virginia now um, is a player because we thought they'd been getting better, but just the inconsistent quarterback play over the last couple of years has just made it impossible for them to be a consistent football team. And and I I'm not, I don't think JT Daniels needs to be a Heisman hopeful you know star mega guy. Just don't turn the ball over. Just run a stable yeah. offense, make some big plays, and don't make the big mistake. And this is a huge upgrade for West Virginia. Yes. Yes, it is. I, I will say this. Their defense, no matter who has left, they they always come to play, no matter what. Even after uh, Vic Kenning was fired, uh, what, summer of 2020, I think, is when all that stuff went down. Uh, 2020 and then 2021, they just had a, a hodgepodge of a staff uh, handling the defense, and they've been good, like really good on defense. So as long as you can get the offense to be somewhat consistent, I, I think you've got good things in store. Like, and who knows what the Big 12 is going to look like, not necessarily in the future, but I'm just saying this season. Like right now, uh, ESPN's FBI came out and had Texas ranked number six in the country, and, and we know how that goes. But Oklahoma just lost their head coach. Oklahoma State just lost the defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, we saw what Baylor was last year, but was that just a flash in the pan? Or is Dave Aranda really building a juggernaut there? Like, who knows? So the Big 12 could just be completely up for grabs. And if you finally got you a quarterback at West Virginia, like I, I kind of would expect pretty big things there. So, obviously, there are some inexperienced players that are going to have to prove it on the field. But, yeah, I'm with you. I really like this move. Uh, JT Daniels, it, it kind of gets him out of the spotlight a little bit. Like, when you go to USC uh, a year early... You know, he was still supposed to be a high school senior when he started all those games at USC that first year. Then he comes out the next year, gets hurt, gets beat out, and then he transfers to Georgia and is never really healthy. But when he was healthy at the end of that 2020 season, like it, you saw what that Georgia offense can be with him and George Pickens and whatnot. He was never really healthy in 2021. If he can go to West Virginia and be healthy, stay out of the limelight a little bit, like Absolutely. I think uh, I think good things for all of them, all of them. So I do agree with you on that. Uh, let's let's stay in the Big Twelve, which will eventually be SEC. Did you see the comments from the defensive lineman Moro Ojomo talking about the culture of Texas? Yep, and the NIL deal. Uh, well, NIL and just everything here. I'll I'll read some of these quotes because, boy, this was just. Glorious. Absolutely glorious. Uh, some of these quotes that made their way into the media availability, which <laughs> I'm so curious, where in the world was the SID? Like, who who was supposed to shut this down? Uh, he said, they're 18 to 22-year-olds that want to chase women, want to chase money, want to chase alcohol, and they don't see the future. They're very distracted by what's in front of them. It's such a hard thing, especially guys that haven't been in a winning culture. That's why it's very easy for a lot of these powerhouses to keep going because it's established. 
The new guys just come in and they're like, oh shit, this is how we have to do it. Oh shit, this is what we do. It's just so much more difficult. He said, they always talk about coming here and changing stuff. Coming here, changing stuff. It's like it's ingrained. You're uprooting what? 10 years of shit that's just been let go and go by? They're more worried about being on 6th Street than like balling and making $50 million is crazy as hell. I don't know why. Uh, he, he talks on and on and on about NIL deals, about guys don't want to spend time together, uh, just everything. And how, which obviously, I think the coaches would agree with this. Now, Sark came out and said, yo, he's not going to talk to y'all again for a little while. Uh, and his explanation yep. behind that was, if if you're going to be a good teammate, then you're going to say this stuff in the locker room. You're not going to come out and say it to the press. Right? You're going to get this stuff fixed in-house first. But I don't think Sarkeesian disagrees with any of it that he said at all. Do you? No. The the issue is this This looks – I think this looks bad on the coaching staff and Sark because if you had the culture of we handle these things in-house and he should feel comfortable or should have been given some type of major leadership position to say these things – to kind of whip these kids into shape or to make his feelings known in the locker room, then it never comes out like this. Obviously, he felt like whatever was happening in the locker room wasn't getting taken care of. Where are the coaches at? Where are the other coaches at? Where are the other leaders at? And and if he feels like he's alone on the island, then 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 yeah, he's going to go to social media or, or, or to, to any other media folks he can and say these things. Um, it, it's real easy to say we should handle these things in-house. Well, well, the reason he didn't is because, obviously, that opportunity wasn't afforded to him. Yeah, that is uh, that is an interesting take on that. I I had thought about it a little bit, but I, part of me wonders if he was doing the same thing that he has seen other coaches do, right? Nick Saban is notorious for this. He tells the kids, he tells the kids, and then he uses the media uh, as a way to get his message across. The problem is, if you are one of those players, uh, you I don't know that your message gets across that much better. And as a matter of fact, it could, if you're saying it to the press, even after you may have said it to the guys on the team, going out and taking that stuff public can certainly put a divide in the locker room, right? And that's where that would become a little bit of an issue. Uh, he did talk quite a bit about... Uh, uh, players being distracted from football and their focus is on crumbs instead of the whole cake. Uh, NIL makes your mind turn its focus to more social media and more exposure. Uh, like all these different, I mean, he went, this guy went on for 20 something minutes. And what I don't understand is, again, where is the SID that is like, all right, yeah, guys, we got to wrap this thing up, like looking at his watch or whatever, like, hey, you know, uh, we got one more question, like, that's it. Um, I, I just don't know how that is allowed to continue on. And it's a big reason why you see coaches all over the country that limit these media uh, media availabilities, right? Like, it's not that he said anything that was wrong or or against what the coaches actually think or anything like that. It is it, sometimes maybe you try and save the kid from himself. Like, we appreciate the honesty, obviously, because it gives us stuff to talk about. Because we always want these guys to be honest as opposed to giving us the, the same old line, Right. But in this situation, I just wonder why there was nobody there to, like, walk this guy back a little bit. Hey, you sure you want to talk about all this in front of these media guys? <laughs> like, are you sure that you're wanting to do this? 
it just seemed like such a weird uh, event, a, a weird thing to happen. And don't get me wrong, this guy is incredibly smart. He's brilliant. Uh, really smart guy. Like, he's going to graduate with honors and everything else. Like, he's been there for four years. He is an experienced dude. But this just seemed odd to have this happen in April, right? Do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, I guess. It, it, it might, like I said, I, the reason he does it, he goes to the media and, and he goes out outside the locker room is because he, he just didn't feel like he was going to be hurt inside the locker room. And that's because the culture is what it is. And if there's a divide, do you think the people that are so invented in doing the things that he's complaining about doing, do you think that one conversation in a locker room is going to just instantly whip them into shape and they're just going to fall in line? Because I feel like he just feels like I'm done with these bastards. I'm out. I don't want to be a part of this. This ain't the Texas football I signed up to play. And I want to play with tough guys who want to be a part of a team. And, and, you know, uh, this ain't it. And why would I go into that locker room and say those things? And once again, I put, I put so much of that on Stark that has to, at some point in time, where are the coaches? So you're worried about where are the people controlling him? Where are the people, uh, corralling him and keeping him from saying these things. Where are the people not getting these damn guys in line? That's you remember Bo Davis last year. There was the video that came out uh, late in the season. Uh, Bo Davis just mfing people on the on the bus because kids are laughing after they got blown out somewhere, right? Uh, and he yeah. didn't understand why they didn't care and all this. And uh, I, I do wonder if if some of that they're still trying to work through. Right, and obviously, I'm not a Stark apologist by any stretch of the imagination. I I told you immediately why I thought that he would not be successful at Texas. Um, it's, you know, this is just such a a strange, strange situation there uh, that I am I don't know how they can fix this. Like, yeah, I, I just but they need it. I, I'm gonna tell you this. So, like, I know there's a lot of people that don't like Brian Kelly. That's fine. Yeah. Brian Kelly is not the god's gift to the greatest coaches in the world. All right. He's got major flaws, whatever. He's, he's, he's now my good coach. coach though. <laughs> but let me let me tell you what I've, I've witnessed him do at LSU, okay? For the last four years at LSU, they have had a major, major, major culture issue, okay? It was guys not practicing hard, not, not showing up on time, not taking care of their studies, like the very little, very basic things. They were winning football games because they had just un- explainably good talent, okay? And they had good coaching, but they didn't have any strong leadership in culture at all, all right? Or if they did, it, was, it Kelly, was through the players themselves, right? It was through the players themselves. That's fine. Yeah. Brian Kelly has come in, and he has been working hard to address this. Texas has to, has to, has to, has to find someone who will come in and who will lead in cult, like who will change the culture of Texas. That's the problem, is they need someone to come in and completely overhaul the culture. It's. I'll tell you this, we've talked about this ad nauseum, uh, the culture at Texas may be unchangeable. Like, it really might be because there are so many people around that program, uh, just boosters, people with money, etc. A strong AD has to come in and whip that shit into shape, and a strong and hire a strong head coach that's going to tell all those boosters that listen, this ain't your country club, okay? You you don't dictate things here. Do you want Texas to be great? 
or do you want to be famous here? Yeah. Because you can't yeah. have both. That is a good point. That is a good point. We've we've talked about it a lot. I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious what it's going but to be I, like. To say it's unfixable, I just disagree because somebody somebody will be strong enough to walk in the door and say, "I win or lose, it's all going to be on me." But it's going to be on me, damn it. And if I have to take the losses, and I have to take the arrows, and I have to take the bullets, then I'm going to do it. I'm going to at least take them my way. All right. If I have to take all this shit doing it your way and doing the things you say that are right that I disagree with, no, no, can't abide by that. Can't handle that. Can't can't live like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's what. So it's if I'm gonna get be. fired, like, I'm gonna get fired going out my way. Yeah, if my shit don't work. I can sleep at night. I can live with myself. But if I do all the shit you want to do and I get fired, no, I can't. That that just don't sleep you know well with me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, let's let's go on and move to the NFL real quick. We've got two more topics that I want to hit before we get out of here. Man, we got to roll. Oh, I know. That's that's why I'm jumping to it because I wanted you in on this one. Baker Mayfield. Now he was on the uh, you know what I mean podcast, and he was asked if he felt that the team's acquisition of Deshaun Watson was disrespectful, and he said, "I feel disrespected 100 percent." Now, obviously, this is a strange situation, right? Because he was the starting quarterback, and they brought in another starter right behind him. Uh, he said, I was told one thing. They completely did another. That's what I'm in the middle of right now. Um, and then he goes on and talks about, uh, and I don't see the quotes right now, but it, it, what exactly was it? Um, it was basically like he doesn't know where he's going to play, or he, he was whining about, uh, I would love to see anybody uh, come into their cubicle and get booed in their own office and and see them falter like the way that I was doing. Uh, he said, I'm just looking for stabilization right now. I know what I need to do for me to be the best version of me and to be able to lead an organization. He said, I'm in a good place right now. I have no clue where I'm going. I'm curious your thoughts on this because this just all comes across as whining to me. They wouldn't have had yeah. to go look for another quarterback if you had played up to the level that you we think are capable of playing or that they need their quarterback to be capable of playing right like it, what people get booed all the time like what is he talking about yeah no well he does, he doesn't live in the real world he's never lived in the real world this guy's this guy like i know that he didn't have a scholarship and all this stuff since his days in oklahoma this guy has been cheered his entire life since then okay He's been celebrated every day since his days at Oklahoma, all right? And now you're in the professional world, okay? It is the the duty to the other players on the team to put the best roster together that you possibly can. So let's, let's take the Deshaun Watson factor into this. Had they went out and got Russell – this is the question that I would ask. Had they went out and got a guy like Russell Wilson, the classiest of classy individuals who, who has – who has no skeletons in his closet, no red flags whatsoever, if they went out and got an upgrade like that, would you still feel disrespected? Or is this a Deshaun Watson, I can't believe I'm a choir boy and, and he's you know a troublemaker and, and they went and got a guy like that? So that would be a question that I would ask. Because if it's distressed about football, then let's talk about football. And if it's just the character of a man, then you got to understand at some point in time, those other 53 men in the locker room don't give a shit about the character because their paycheck, their families determine on winning and losing. Okay. 
and they want the best guy to team up with that they can so they can support themselves. All right? Because not everybody's got these $90 million TV deals from Progressive. Okay? Nope. Not everybody else gets that. So that would be my argument to, to is this a football thing or not? Because if it's about football, it's the team's duty to put together the best roster they can. And if they can get an upgrade, nobody would argue that Deshaun Watson is not a massive, not a small upgrade, a massive upgrade from an X's and O standpoint. Now, let's get to Baker and his emotions. I have used the phrase, and I will continue to use the phrase, Baker's biggest problem is Baker goes on social media, goes on these podcasts, goes on wherever he can get a voice, which he has a loud voice, and he has access to a massive platform, and he just menstruates him, his, his emotions, his feelings, all over the place, all the time. <laughs> and it's really old, and it wears on people. Now, if you do that, and you're great, people will overlook it. If you do that, and you're average, they, they just can't handle it, okay? You know the reason Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins keep their jobs and keep their paychecks coming every year, week in and week out? You know, you know the reason of that? Because they say nothing. They say nothing. They are average, they are mediocre, and they keep their damn mouth shut. Okay? They go out there and they roll out an 8-8 eight and eight or, a, or, a, or a, you know, whatever record every year, and nobody says boo about it. But you roll out these same resumes with, you know, some great stats, some terrible stats, just like both those guys. And, and you are pub- not, not just publicly criticized for it. Now, there's not a single one of the other 31 teams calling the Browns interested in you. He, he will be lucky to get a backup role, and he is a starting Yes. There aren't 32 other men on the planet better at quarterback than he is right now in the NFL, but it's his attitude and his distraction. How do you walk into a locker room and claim that you're a leader when all you do is whine and cry and also not take personal responsibility for things? I understand that the deck was stacked against you. I understand that you got drafted to a garbage football team. In a, in a program that never wins. I understand that you went through four head coaches in four years and, and all these OCs. I understand that all those things happen, all right? But at some point in time, you have to take responsibility. You have to say you play better. Now you're using the excuse that you played hurt all last year. But then last year we have clips of you saying, I'm not playing hurt. If I didn't think I was 100% or couldn't give the team 100%, I wouldn't be out there. I'm I'm playing because it's Mike. It's a hundred percent my call. There's clips of him saying these things. So, are you gonna are you gonna use the excuse or was it a hundred percent your call? Because you don't get it both ways, man. You just don't. Now he's just trying to say whatever uh, he thinks the people around him would like him to say, and that is a problem. Uh, I will. I do find this interesting because. This is a quick way to lose a locker room. You are still on the roster, like. Well, but no, he's not. He's not on the roster. He won't even take a practice snap. If nobody trades for him after the draft, he'll be released. You he, think so? he will. I don't care if Deshaun Watson is suspended for sixteen games or seventeen games the whole season next year. They they will go into this this season with Jacoby uh, 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 as as their quarterback, Brissett yeah. as their quarterback, and and that'll be what they will do. 
because um, he, he will not take another step as the Browns. They are just hoping that they get a draft week trade, a draft weekend trade. Somebody will make a move for him and they can get something for him. But if that doesn't happen, he will be released. And I'm very curious, once he's released, will anybody pick him up? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree because I I don't know of anybody that wants this in their locker room. I'm going to tell you this. If you're Tyler Lockett and you're DK Metcalf sitting in Seattle, you, you're not real happy with the Drew Locke situation. Agreed. But but I guarantee you those two guys would probably say, I'll take my chances with a guy like Drew who so far has just been a battler and a warrior fighting for a spot than a guy who feels like the keys should have been handed to me and no competition should be given. In every criticism, he just shows up somewhere on some platform whining and crying about it. It just blows my mind. Like, I don't understand how, if you're Baker Mayfield, you know that you're a starter. Uh, just say that you welcome the competition. Like, we've seen this before. Teams have paid yep. quarterbacks a ton of money. If you were hurt last be year. Like, yep. Yeah, because look at Matt Flynn. You talked about Seattle. Mm-hmm. I mean, Russell Wilson comes in as a third-round draft pick. And beats him out. And wins the job. You know, if, if you want to do something, like go out and prove it on the field. Don't just think that they should have handed you the keys. Like, my gosh, they're trying to get better. Like, but he's meant, uh, listen, Baker's a great athlete. Baker's a hell of a ball player. Baker's about middle of the pack quarterback, which is not, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Yeah. There's not a shame in that. But middle of the pack quarterback with all this baggage, don't get it done. It just don't. Nope. I'm going to tell you this, and, and I know this ain't going to go over real well with a lot of people. If you told me I'm in Seattle right now, I got a DK Metcalf, I got Tyler Lockett sitting here saying, hey, what are we going to do, coach? I Give give me Colin Kaepernick that hadn't taken a snap in three years, and, but also hadn't taken a hit in three years, who's completely healthy over a Baker Mayfield who is this mentally weak and coming off of whatever surgery or rehab that he's having to do. Give that to me all day long. And you say, okay, that goes well because it's in Seattle. Put that shit in Nashville and give me the same thing. If Ryan Tannehill fell off the world tomorrow, okay, and, and your two options were in, 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 the, in the heart of the deep south were Colin Kaepernick or Baker Mayfield, I'm telling you, Colin would shut a lot of people up because I think he'd be better than Baker. And at least he's going to go out there and compete. Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing is that – I don't know that Kaepernick would come out and complain the way that the Baker does. Now, obviously, well, he's not. Kaepernick no, he's has not. done his. No, he's his just, hey, Kaepernick has complained yeah. uh, over Kaepernick the past several years, focused, but, but, it, but it hasn't yeah. been anything about stuff like this. It hasn't yeah. been about his criticism. It hasn't been no. It hasn't been about this stuff. Okay, agreed. So, but this, I hey, can disagree with a lot of things with, with with Colin, but at the same time, we we can understand that we're just trying to make the football team better. Okay, that's our only objective is making the school team better. You got that right. While I've got you the last couple of minutes here, uh, you brought up middle-of-the-pack quarterbacks. Uh, Just because you're a middle-of-the-pack quarterback doesn't mean that you can't keep your job if you keep your mouth shut and just go out and work, right? Derek Carr, three years, over $121 million. Uh, He said he hopes that this extension, like it's supposed to be a team-friendly deal, which I guess $40 million a year is team-friendly now for a quarterback. But on top of that, he said the last time he signed a contract extension, uh, his best friend left. He was talking about Khalil Mack, right? So Khalil Mack wanted yeah. a big contract, too, and he ended up being traded to the Bears. Now he's over in L.A., like blah, 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 blah. Uh, but what do you think about the uh, the deal for Derek Carr here? Uh, good deal for Carr. 
I'm really curious to see how this Raiders roster uh, works out. Uh, Carr is, man, I mean, you're talking about, uh, I, I don't even have the appropriate uh, analogy for what the AFC West is right now. Um, all, all four of those teams. Well, I think the other three teams are loaded with talent. I yes. think this Raiders team is good. And if they were in, you know, the FC South, I think they'd be the favorite to win. I think it'd be them in Tennessee and they'd be, head, you know, head and head. And I think they'd be real close. Oh, yeah. But against those other three hombres, woo, brother. It is, it is tough stuff. It's a, it's a something <laughs> on that, man. And, and while I like Carr, and I don't have anything against Carr, Carr is not Wilson. Carr is nope. not Justin Herbert. Carr is not Patrick Mahomes. He is, he, he is they, middle those, of the Those back. three guys, listen, one of these ain't like the other. Okay. He is top fifteen in like basically every metric, but I don't know that he's top ten he's, in a whole lot of them. He's the middle of the road. Listen, yeah. there's to me, if you replace Derek Carr, and I know this is going to sound shitty to some of these guys, but if you replace Derek Carr with a a a a, um, a Ryan Tannehill or a uh, Kirk Cousins or any of these other, they're no different. They're no different. I, I kind of like Carr better than those other guys because I've seen him really, really deal with adversity. And oh, handle yeah. it pretty well. Like, I like, if we're going to, like, quantify leadership, because it's something, like, we just knocked Baker for pretty harsh. Um, I, I like Carr's leadership a lot. Not a little. A lot. So, he gets the nod over all of those guys, because I do think he can demand respect in a locker room. Because of what he's seen, what he's been through, and how he's handled it in the past. And how he's battled with those other teams. Go look at his resume against those juggernauts. Go look at oh, his yeah. resume against the Chargers and the Chiefs the last couple of years. And he don't back down from those teams. No, he doesn't he always made the playoffs. Beat them, but, man, he's in dogfights with them. Yeah, he made the playoffs last year. Like, yeah. After, after his coach got fired. Like, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. unbelievable stuff, man. So, oh, pretty yeah, incredible. Yeah. Good good on him for going and getting some money. I, I You know, I do hope he's right. Look, I – I've said it before. As the salary cap begins to go up and up and up, listen, people think this is going to be better for the team. It ain't going to be any different for the team. Every one of these teams are going to look the exact same. Every nickel more is going to the quarterbacks. It just I is. I do agree. If, yeah. if you're a guard and guards are making $7 million a year, I have no idea what they make. I just pulled a number out of my ass. So guards are making $7 million a year today. Four years from now, when the salary cap has $50 million more on it, guards will be making maybe eight. <laughs> Maybe seven point five, but but they're not they're not making ten. They're not making fifteen. There's not. No. They're not gonna they're not gonna double their salary. The quarterbacks have gone from twenty to forty pretty damn fast. Hey, you got that right. You have got that right. All right. Uh, All right, brother. I need to I let love you go. You. I appreciate you. I'm gonna go <laughs> jump jump in here and do this bid. Do what you need to do, my friend. <laughs> we will talk later. Yeah. No. All right. So that was Chris. Uh, we we'll close out with this. Uh, the USFL. Starts up this weekend, April 16th, Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We are going to have the first uh, cross-network broadcast of, or a dual-network broadcast of a sporting event since Super Bowl One. We're going to have Fox and NBC doing the New Jersey Generals against the Birmingham Stallions. Now, every game in the USFL this year is going to be in Birmingham, so all these different teams even though we've got the Houston Gamblers and the Michigan Panthers and the Philadelphia Stars and the New Orleans Braves, et cetera, et cetera. They're all in Birmingham. So if you want to see a USFL game, you got to go to Birmingham. 
which is going to be interesting. But I am curious how this is going to play out. Uh, this kind of shows that these networks really, really want spring football to take off. They understand the value in this. Uh, the USFL is set up very differently. They're paying their players like $45,000. There's a lot of questions into, like, you're going to see a lot of interesting stuff, I think, on Saturday night. So I, I would recommend tuning in to see what's going on. Along with that, you got three games on Sunday as well. Uh, you got one at 12 p.m. Eastern, one at 4 p.m. Eastern, one at 8 p.m. Eastern. This is a 10-week season. It should end sometime early July, I think, somewhere around there. And, and then we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Uh, I'm curious what they do with this to make it successful because you've got one season to really ingrain this thing into people, and then next year the XFL starts up. And I don't know that there's room for both of them. So we will see what the USFL does. They are in the middle of a lawsuit right now from the original USFL. Uh, so we'll see what happens there as well. Uh, who knows? But I, I do find it interesting. I do want to see what happens. I'm curious. Very, very curious. Uh, along with that, we got more spring football games for college football. Uh, Florida, tonight, Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. We get to see Billy Napier uh, for the first time. And then along with that, you've got Arkansas, Miami, and Mississippi State. Oh, and Ohio State at 12 p.m. Eastern time. You've got Georgia at 1 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. Mississippi State, Wake Forest at 2 p.m. Eastern, Alabama at 3 Eastern, and South Carolina. Under the lights, Shane Beamer, we get to see Spencer Rattler in that bunch uh, with Corey Rucker, the transfer from Arkansas State, uh, stud wide receiver. We get to see that at 7 p.m. Eastern time on SEC Network. Lots to keep up with on Easter weekend. So, with that said, we are going to go ahead and get out of here. Hopefully, all of you have wonderful Easter weekends. We hope that you have plenty of things to gamble on. Of course, the USFL starting up again, like I talked about. But with that, I hope that you uh, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.